Creative Sandbox Way Podcast, Episode 161. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, and I help professionals connect the dots between creativity, play, and work so you can be more productive and innovative, improve the bottom line, and be a better leader in all areas of life and work. My mission is to show you not only how play and creativity can help you get ahead, but why it's an essential tool in your kit. Now let's start digging in the sandbox. Today, I have an interview with you, interview for you with Diane Bleck. Diane Bleck doodles for dollars. Diane is on a mission to unlock insights, inspiration, and ideas for companies large and small across the globe. As an innovation strategist, she leads and facilitates facilitates workshops with leaders across business functions to create award-winning content that inspires teams to take their business to the next level. And in her spare time, she has created the Doodle Institute, where she's the mentor and coach for almost 4,000 students around the world, teaching them how to doodle your dreams. I started off our conversation asking Diane who she is looking for in her Doodle Institute. Who is her target market? The kind of people that she wants to attract for the Doodle Institute. So here is my conversation with Diane Black. So who who is your ideal target? Who are you trying to get? I love that question. So my avatar, when I first built the Doodle Institute, I had several avatars and I was very conscious about them. And every avatar had a different statement. So one avatar was, I'm a teacher who wants to light up my kids in the classroom. One avatar was, I'm a mom and I'm incubating, but I want a job whenever I get out of, like, whenever I get out of kid prison, right? Like, <laughs> and, and it's true. Like, that's how some of them feel. They're like, I was a banker. I was smart. I was intelligent. I still want to figure out all this. So now I've spent all this time being creative, right? I'm into bullet journaling. I'm into scrapbooking. I'm into quilting. But, like, how am I going to transition back into business? And so this gives them that opportunity to transition back in business. And then I've got the trainers, the professional facilitators who are like, how do I add graphic recording to my skill set? Which is so funny because I was at the IAF like 12 years ago with a booth and a freak flag saying, you guys should be doing graphic recording and facilitating. And they looked at me because I was like 28 years old at the time. And they said, you're crazy. How much are you charging for that? And I said, well, I'm charging about 2000 a day. And they said, well, I'm, I'm making more. I'm not even charging that much. And I said, well, shame on you. Like, cause I am. So then I like totally felt like outcast out of that. Cause here I am 28. I go and I take all this facilitator training and I'm like, I already know this stuff. Like, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm lighting it up with projects and activities and post-its and markers and pins and no one's doing that back then, you know? And so it's been, it's been so interesting. My whole career of like pushing this stuff forward. And now it's, it's everywhere. I mean, now there's thousands of people who have this career, but like, 
No one had this career when I was starting out, like no one. And that's why I love my international students is because I'm like, I remember what it was like to be totally alone on an island saying, I have value to bring to your conversation and you will pay me for the role that I play. Wow. What is IAF? So International Association of Facilitators. Oh, okay. So big, huge conference. Like I got the booth. I, I was like the sponsor. Like I paid the $5,000. My name was on the like keychain. Like I went in there full on like the parties here and like they totally didn't get it. You know? Oh my God. So was that a total bust for you? All the, all the, it was because I even built software at that time for documenting events. So I built this whole software that was called missing link and it was the missing link of event facilitation. The missing link is there was no online capture of the agenda of the conversations of photographs of your flip charts. And so you could photograph all the flip charts from all the breakouts. You could photograph all the participants in their activities. You could timestamp it against your agenda. So whenever someone went in and looked at their agenda, they could say, okay, our agenda was welcome. What happened? What, what were the visuals? What were the conversations? And there was transcriptions of every dialogue that happened. And I invested like so much money in this, like, and totally lost my shirt on it. Oh my God. Wow. And you you were 28 years old and you did all this stuff. So what happened next? So next I got into e-learning and I got into how do you start using whiteboard animation in visual learning to build uh, to build better online curriculums. So I started doing that. The American Society of Training Development gave us an award for innovation because we were bringing in stick figures. We were bringing in like 3D markers that like moved across the stage. Like we created these wonderful e-learning environments. And then that's where like everything I do in the Doodle Institute is fun. But then I go and I sell it to a pharma company. I go to a pharma company and I say, I'm going to build your e-learning videos over the next three months and I'll build three, um, over three months I built like 25 animated videos with just an editor and myself. Like, so now I'm this like powerhouse, um, almost like a creative agency of one. (coughs) And I work with these huge corporations doing illustration, infographics, and then video animation. Oh my God. So was your, was your background, <laughs> like, did, did you go, were, what was your background as an artist or? My background was in theater. Oh, wow. So I, I studied performance and I studied set design and costume design because I'm a seamstress at heart. Like I'm a sewer, I'm a quilter at heart. And anytime I'm not doing any of this stuff, I'm quilting and sewing. Um, and so I wound up at the Goodman theater in Chicago and my father was a partner for Ernst and Young and Ernst and Young was looking for creative artists in 1996 to bring into their strategic planning environment to add creativity and innovation. And so I was one of the first people they brought in. And then I started training people around the world, literally going and tapping artists in London and Australia and France and saying, I can teach you how to work inside a major corporation, inside a consulting firm, and make amazing money. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So I've been training this stuff for, I mean, this is in my, this is in my blood at this point. But it's not what I wanted. It's not what I, like, looked to do. Like, I was just basically sharing what I drew in my journal always with the world. 
And that's what I tell people. I say, all I'm doing is sharing for you what I would draw on my very own learning. And then somehow people think it's awesome. (laughs) But all I'm doing is taking my notes. All I'm doing is trying to understand it myself. I'm trying to understand what is blockchain, what is artificial intelligence. So now I just got invited to be um, a contributor to a brand new book called Artificial Intelligence for the Enterprise, Demystifying Artificial Intelligence for the Enterprise. And I'm a contributor writing about the power of visual learning at the executive level and making visuals that are understandable so that people can make decisions around things that impact our entire future. And so it's so funny, like the list is like all these people from like Booz Allen Hamilton, like the PhD, PhD, and then it's like, damn black founder of the Doodle Institute. And they're like putting me on the cover and everything. And I'm like, this is crazy. Cause I'm still just a girl that loves to doodle. And that is like, so awesome. So, okay. So back to, I want to go back to your story. So, okay. So you were 28, you did this booth. It was a total bust. Then you did that. You went into the, the e-learning animations. So what happened next? So before I did the bus, at that time, I was building the largest network in the United States and world of graphic facilitators. So I had the largest network. So I had nine people on staff and I had 20 people on virtual staff and we were covering anyone and everyone's event. ESPN, Nike, Coca-Cola, Disney, like if they needed, if they needed an artist at their event, they called my previous company, Alpha Chimp Studio, and I was the managing director. I did all of the sales for it. I did all of the event planning. I had a whole team that was backing it up. And then, so we were trying to mix our revenue streams. So we had graphic facilitation as a revenue stream, and then we started the e-learning as a revenue stream. Wow. And then my business partner was my husband, and I left him and divorced him, and I split the company, and I took... I took, ironically, I took the graphic facilitation network, let go of it, and then built the Doodle Institute. So are you still doing, <laughs> still doing graphic recording? I still do graphic facilitation. Primarily, I do it on the executive level, more small groups, meaning I go in and I work with top executives that are trying to present their strategies And I literally talk them through, what's your strategy? What's your technique? I make the infographic. They then go present at their company meetings. So I'm really specialized. I don't go and stand in the corner, I say. I don't go stand in the corner anymore and really do graphic facilitation, graphic reporting, unless it's one of my favorite clients that's been with me for 20 years. Because otherwise, I, I don't enjoy it. I just, like, I've done it for so long that... I can do so much on my iPad and I can do so much without getting on a plane that I prefer to be a part of events either digitally. So all I need is your hashtag feed. All I need is what's going on at the event and I can create visuals like crazy that will get picked up virally. So I did stuff for IBM. They had a huge event in Munich and their my visuals got seen by over a billion people. And IBM said, how is Diane Black partnered with Des um, Blanchfield. How are they dominating the social media channel when we have a team of 30 who are handling social media? And this, girl's in, and this girl's like on her sofa in Chicago. 
<laughs> oh my God. So, okay. So I have a, a, a question. <laughs> when I was poking around, been poking around on the internet, I see these different terms. There's graphic recording, there's graphic facilitation, there's visual recording. What are, what is the difference between all these different terms? So I grew up knowing the term graphic facilitation, which meant to capture someone's conversation visually. Then over time, as this industry was developing, people started to split the term into graphic recording versus graphic facilitation. So graphic recording means I'm standing at the event, I'm capturing the event, but my face is towards the wall always. I will not talk, I will not contribute, I will simply capture. Graphic facilitation means I'm turned around, I'm facilitating the dialogue, I'm capturing the dialogue, and I am part of the conversation. And that's what I prefer. I prefer to go in and have zero knowledge and throw me the most complex thing, and I'll be like, let's break it down. And it's so funny because people will be like, well, we know this. And I'll be like, no, you don't. Like, let's get started, you know? And I'll be like, so what's step one? And it's like crickets. What is step one? Is this step one? Is it this step one? And then we start mapping it, right? We start then mapping the process. And by then putting it through the filter of someone who doesn't know their company, we break it down really easily so that we can clearly understand the steps and then what needs to happen next. So that's the stuff I love. I love the, we have this great idea, but we don't know how to present it. Oh, that's so amazingly cool. And I think of it more than just infographics. So I have a whole thing on infographics. Infographics are great. And there's a lot of wonderful designers making wonderful infographics. But if an infographic is done so polished and so slick that the regular person looks at it and they tune out because it's too much information, it's not a good infographic. And so an infographic really needs to clearly show you what is the information and provide you an opportunity to decide what to do next or to, dis or to form an opinion about the information. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's been one of my frustrations with infographics and with, um, with, with visuals in general is often they're either crammed with so much information that I tune out just as much as I would if it was just a block of text or they're so polished that I, I end up doing the same thing. So they're not a con. I'm sorry. Sometimes I feel dumb if I don't understand it. I'm like, yeah, I be dumb if I don't get this infographic. Like, is this infographic? Like who's this infographic for? Cause it doesn't make any sense. And infographics are to make easy. They're to take complexity and make easy. That's the whole, my interpretation of what Edward Tufte meant whenever he was talking about infographics is, we can have a bunch of data, but if we don't understand the data, we can't make a choice. And that's why I have this one huge a super fan in Australia, and he's all about data science. And he's like, Diane, you are a unicorn, because unicorns explain all of this data, all of this complexity, because if a company has all this data, but they don't know what it is, and they don't even know like how to use it, because you'll be amazed how many companies don't own their data. They don't even own it. Like Someone else owns their data. So first we have to map 
who's got your data and where is it? What kind of data do you want to know? And what sequence of that data do you want to know in order to make a decision? And this is where I get into like, I love, I love my super nerds. I love my ITs that live in the basement and no one knows what they're talking about. And I show up as the doodle girl and I make sure that everyone on the senior level knows what all of their IT is down there struggling to do and they are keeping the lights on. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, the genius of what you do and what and how you explain and talk about what you do, because your languaging makes it really clear the value of what you do. You talk about uh, doodling is thinking and of course, I, I don't have it in notes. That would have been really smart of me to put it in notes in front of me, but but I'm sure you have it at the tip of your tongue. Uh, the visual, the power of visual thinking and how the, the power of visuals is that it helps us process information in ways that if we just have it in text, we, we can't. We can process visuals so much more quickly than we can process text. That's the power of it. But as you said, with, it, with the infographics, if they're not done well, then it doesn't, they don't accomplish what they're supposed to accomplish, right? They don't, they right. don't help us process information. Right. right. And that's why I say visual, right? Visual thinking is a powerful tool for critical thinking. I'm sorry, graphic recording or visual learning or whatever. It's a powerful tool for critical thinking, problem solving, and strategic planning. I don't say it's a powerful tool for like looking cute on paper. <laughs> not what it's about. But I, I purposely make my drawings incredibly simple so it feels only one step up from what you can draw at the whiteboard. And if you want to learn how to draw like this, I can teach you how to look as awesome as the doodle girl on the whiteboard. And in most cases, you're going to start drawing what you think of it is better than me, which is awesome because then that means you've created your own personal style, which is what every artist wants is learn what I've mastered, break it, and then advance it. Like that's the whole reason why I'm like blazing this trail is to accelerate your path so that you can exceed me. And that's the thing is that like, that's the biggest thing I provide is encouragement. Yes, I teach you how to do it and all that, but I provide steady encouragement for, for my students. Yeah. Well, I, I, I see that in your 21 21 doodle days challenge and the, cause I'm a doodle Institute member. So I've been going through your courses and I'm like kind of consuming them, like hoovering them up. And, um, I love how you break everything down into these little teeny, teeny, tiny nibbles. So they're very easy to consume. And anybody who listens, who's a listener of the podcast knows that I'm a big, one of my uh, 10 guideposts is think tiny and daily. So I'm a big believer in teeny, tiny, small daily acts. And so I love the way you do that. You make it super, super easy. And, and your, your step-by-steps are, are just like anybody can do it. So I absolutely love that. Um, the next question that I wanted to ask you is about your, the, about, the word doodles. Mm -hmm. So you've spent 21 years as a doodler. That's what it says in your bio. 
you talk about doodling for dollars. You call yourself the doodle girl, which I totally love. Let's talk doodle. So doodle is a word that people often use derogatorily, right? And in fact, I, I have a daily doodle practice and I started calling my daily art practice, my daily creative sandbox practice as a doodle practice at very intentionally because I noticed that when I, when I thought of it as my art practice, that it got my gremlins going. And so I started calling it my doodle practice because it kind of dispersed the gremlins. Because, you know, if I think of it as just doodling, right, then it wouldn't be like important or worthy enough for my gremlins to get their undies in a bunch over, right? (laughs) So, you know, we do whatever we need to do to get our gremlins off and send them off to get pedicures. So you, on the other hand, have taken the opposite tact and you have proudly claimed the word doodle. How fantastic is that? So discuss. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, When I was in my 20s doing this, I remember thinking, I can't wait till I'm in my 40s and someone actually respects what I do. Like they don't respect it right now. They don't respect it. And I remember consciously thinking about like, I can't wait till I have a 20 year career mastered at this. And I remember being called doodle girl along the way. And there were times that I was like, that's, that's not really the nicest term. Like, I don't, I don't exactly like this term. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to use this term and I'm going to empower myself with this term. And I'm going to actually spin this term so that when you meet me in the hall of an executive building and I'm fully dressed in my business attire and you say who are you I will say my name is Diane Black I'm a visual learning expert and if you ever have a complex idea you want to bring to life remember to call me I'm the doodle girl and I leave them with the doodle girl and so if they say someone where's that doodle girl everyone in that building knows they're talking about Diane Black and so I started using it as part of my brand statement within organizations But then I also transformed what I even define the word as. So I have my whole definition for doodle. So I do my own practice like what you're talking about. I have my own prayer journals that I doodle in. And I call doodling, you break it down into D-O-O-D-L-E, discovering our own divine life every day. Oh, I love that. I think doodling by putting pen to paper, we discover who we are every day. And I'm a different person every day, which is why I want people to doodle. I also believe, like you said, the gremlins and the unicorns, like one of my biggest posts on LinkedIn right now is the one about the gremlins and the unicorns, which I think is amazing because I posted it going, Because my LinkedIn, like if you look at my personality, I have a different personality on every social media. Instagram is purely for women who love um, posting all their cuteness and all their creativity. Twitter is all my business intellects and wits that I love like engaging in. So if you look at who I'm engaging in, I'm engaging in top social media influencers and I'm like bantering with them and all kinds of stuff. Instagram is where I share a lot of my infographics. And I have a steady stream of that. So I posted one of my unicorn drawings over there, which I I never post the rainbows and unicorns on that page. And it's like had the most views of any of them. And 
And so what I believe is I believe there's this physical world that we live in. And then there's this creative world, which you totally understand being a creative and the pen transports us into the creative world so that we get that download. We get that universal download that's meant for us. So one of my practices is that every flight I take on takeoff and on return on landing is I write a question with my right hand and I answer it with my left hand. So I can draw and color with both of my hands. I've taught myself that over time because when you draw 12 hours a day for 20 years, I have to have both hands. I can't draw with just one hand. But I love crossing the perimeter of my right left brain. But I, I love that practice of doodling sometimes is asking that question, what is my next step? And that's where like all my ideas for the Doodle Institute came. And I remember asking the universe, like, really, I have to build Doodle Institute? Like, are people really going to buy into this? Are people really going to, like, why? And even my husband now is like, I don't understand why you pour so much into that Doodle Institute. He's like, you make $27 and you think that you've made as much as $2,700 that day. And I'm like, I work hard for those $27. I work just as hard, if not harder, for those $27. But, but each of those $27 the way I see it is one more person who gets to be a part of my legacy. One more person who knows I, I left a powerful legacy on earth and they carry it on. And that's how I talk to my mastermind is I tell them you are part of the legacy. You are part of my story that gets left behind. Yeah. I so get that, man. <laughs> that's how I feel about my creative sandbox community. Yeah. You and I, man, twins separated at birth. I love it. <laughs> I love finding twins. I love finding twins. I do. Like it's, it's, there's, there needs to be more of us out there. I know. We're having a doodle summit here today, Diane. I know. So oh cool. God. I had a doodle summit. It was really epic. Did you? What was your doodle summit? So it was a 12 hour live broadcast. Whoa. It crossed 15 time zones. It had over 200 participants and 21 speakers, including Mike Rohde, um, Doug Neal, and Sonny Brown, as well as featuring some of my students inside of the Doodle Institute and all of my co-instructors that were co-instructors of the Doodle Institute. And it was, I was like, Katie Kirk doesn't go live for 12 hours. Like, <laughs> we went live for 12 hours out of my living room and I had a select few of students that were live in the house because I wanted their energy feeding the live audience. And so I haven't done another one. I keep thinking I'm going to do another one. Um, and that was a year and a half ago, March. So wow, that is definitely epic. Yeah. Was that in conjunction with uh, launching the Doodle Institute or something? The Doodle Institute was already launched. So it was kind of a way that, all of our, our community was like swelling at that time. And it was like, we want to get to know each other, but we all live so far away. And I was like, well, no one's going to pay like $500 a day to come to Chicago. So let's just take it online. Everyone, it was like, um, no, it was not November. It was March. So it was around spring break. And I was like, everyone block your day, your day and your night. And we're, and we're going. And um, my partner, Muddy, came and, and was my right-hand person during the whole thing. And um, he's one of the students who quickly elevated through the course, became a co-instructor, and is now a business partner. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Oh, my gosh. 
All right. Okay. Well, I do have some more questions for you. Okay. So one of the things that I learned about from you in the brief period of time that I've been stalking you online is um, Neuland markers. Yes. And so Neuland, I don't know if you're aware of the typeface Neuland. So I have a calligraphy background. I was a professional calligrapher for many years before I became a creativity instigator. Although I was actually a creativity instigator while I was a calligrapher because I taught calligraphy and book arts during those years. And I developed um, a calligraphy hand based on that Neuland typeface. So I kind of became a little bit known as the teacher of Neuland calligraphy. So when I saw you talking about Neuland, I got very intrigued. And of course, I had to go up on the Neuland website and got very intrigued in these Neuland markers. And I know that you're a big fan of these Neuland markers and that you are a Neuland ambassador. So I know from poking around on the website and from reading in the the Facebook group for the Doodle Institute, but listeners to the podcast are not going to know what is so special about Neuland markers. Why would someone in the US want to pay extra to order them? Because you can only get them from the Neuland website, from what I can tell. And you have to pay a lot of money to get them shipped from Germany. So why would somebody in the US or anywhere outside of Germany want to pay extra to do that and possibly pay customs charges? Yes. Um, yes and yes and yes to all of those. And they're fantastic markers. So they're, they're water-based. They are not stinky. They are replaceable, refillable. Their ink is extremely consistent. They have several different types of nibs based on what type of artist you are. So there's all these different little tips and sizes. But what's great is they have a select color palette and you can get that marker and all of that select color palette. And now with your refill bottles, you can mix your own colors. So I've started mixing my own chartreuse green and my own like golden doodle. Um, I forgot what we call it. We called it golden doodle something. Um, and I've done those live on Periscope where we've done color mixing, but um, they, I can't explain it. Like once I discovered them, I couldn't go back. Like they were, they were the perfect marker because other markers never, like I can use them on foam court. I can use them on paper. I can use them on a small journal. I can use them on my watercolor journal. I can use them on index cards. Like they're so um, easily used on so many different types of surfaces is what I love about it. And I can take just one marker and do 16 different things with it. I can color in some of my fine stuff if I'm doing some of those coloring books that are tiny. But I can also like get really big with them, which is why I love the big ones. But um, I love them. And I've been singing their praises for years. And then an ambassador, I became an ambassador for Neuland, which just means that I get to celebrate them here in the U.S. and encourage people around the world to purchase them. And they are worth the extra shipping. You just need to not even think about it. Just be like, okay, I'm going to pay this extra shipping. I'm not going to regret it. You're not going to throw this marker away in a few months like you do other markers. Like, you're going to get refills for them because the exact same marker, this whole marker can last you 20 years. You can replace the nib. You can refill the ink. Like, the marker's not going anywhere. So it's totally worth it. And I love to see them in classrooms and boardrooms so that they're actually very environmental. If you think of it that way, like you're not throwing away all these other markers. I love that about uh, that alone is just so amazing 
it drives me crazy to throw, you know, add plastic to the landfill. It just makes me completely nuts. So the ambassador thing, do do they send you markers? Do they do they give you like affiliate payments? I mean, do, what's the benefit for you? So the benefit for me is I get some of their advanced products to test and play with. Oh, neat. Um, They've bundled my favorite markers and given a discount. So I used to have an ambassador discount that I could give to my students. And what I found was I was going online and saying, let me tell you what to put in your shopping cart. Cause you can get really overwhelmed in the candy store. And so I was like, go get this pack, go get this pack, go get this pack. And so what they decided to do was just bundle my favorite pack, put a discount on it and then make it one click for my students to be able to go and find it. And there are several ambassadors. And what's funny is all these ambassadors have different favorites. Some people love just two fat ones and a couple of nibs and a replacement. Other people love, you know, what's incredible is that with these products, everyone does something different. I'm like, I want the whole candy rainbow in two different sizes. And so my pack is one of the more expensive ambassador packs but it's still under $100 because I wanted to keep it under $100, but it's totally worth the investment. So what do I get? I get to say I'm an ambassador. I get to have a link that I share with people so that it's all bundled in one thing. And I think if someone buys the ambassador kit, I get like a point that goes towards my next purchase so that I can take like a dollar off. Like I, it's, it's not like I, it's not like I make anything on this. It's about celebrating the brand of Neuland and what they've done for, for all of the facilitation and education industry. That's cool. Um, well, I did have a question about your, your ambassador kit. I noticed that you have like two duplicates of some of the markers and I was curious why that is. Why would you why would you get duplicates? So I don't have duplicates of the actual markers. So what it is, to help explain it, I'm gonna show you a picture. So I have the exact same 13 colors that are in a big one and the art marker. And so these big ones, if I'm drawing on a huge board like this and I'm filling 40 of these boards over three days. I want a big one to be able to color in quickly. And then I want this smaller one for more of my smaller details and projects. And then you use the ink refill for both of them. So what I did is I made a matching set. It's like the mommy and daddy marker. Got right? it. So, and the, the black ones, you didn't have, there's not duplicates of the black. So the black ones, there's two of each because, um, and then there's ink refill for the black so that you can refill them. But you kind of want two because if you're drawing, 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 and this one goes dead, you want a second one to be able to, to jump in and use it. And then you can refill. And what's so cute is Neuland just made this cute little bag that um, they sent me one. I think it's downstairs. It's this cute little canvas disposable bag. And it says, fill me up. and has a little heart. And that's for when you have a dead marker. You throw it in your fill me up canvas bag so you can keep track of what markers need to be filled up whenever you get back from your event. Oh, that's really <laughs> smart. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. I'm super excited to try the Neuland markers. The other thing that I noticed about Neuland markers that looks really cool is there that some of the markers, some of the black markers are outliners so that they don't smear when right. you color next to them. Right. 
So they have a special quick drying polymer on them. And so you should be able to put your yellow and your orange right next to it and it not smear. You will get like a random occasional time that happens. So don't be like, oh my God, this happened. It happens occasionally. But for the most part, it's a fast drying polymer. And especially on a slick surface like this, I can go right next to it with my yellow right after it and be able to draw. That's awesome. Oh, they sound amazing. And you know, all of us creatives, we always want more tools, more tools. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Uh, I wanted to ask you about your social media. You, you do a lot on Periscope. How did you get started with Periscope? So Periscope, I have a coach named Allison Crow, who has been a part of my life forever. And what's interesting about her is she does a lot of intuitive painting. And I took some of her workshops to blend intuitive painting with some of my doodle side to kind of get more of my, my free spirit going. And so what I found is, um, is that she, hang on, I totally lost track of my question. Oh, how you got started on Periscope. Thank you. So Allison Crow is my coach and she's always pushing social media boundaries as well as her students. And I'm one of her top students that she coaches. And so she's like, Diane, you really need to get on Periscope. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get on Periscope. So I told all my students at that time, I'm going on Periscope. I went on Periscope and I was a little loose. Like I had my kids on, I had this other, you know, I had, I had my life happening. And one of my students was like, Ooh, I, I didn't want to see this side of it. I want to see only your professional side. And I, and I went back to Allison and I was like, I don't know, what should I do? Like, should I, should I be more professional? Should I be more personal? And she's like, you be you girl. Like you be you. And when you show, when you share your work, show your heart, people will show up. So that's her whole theme is show your work, share your heart and people will, people will flock. And so I started going on Periscope and the next thing I knew, um, this woman, Shalene Johnson, who's huge on Periscope, discovered me. She's, she's texting me on my Twitter, like, where are those markers? How do I get them? You need to help me. And, and I was like, I gotta go pick my kids up from school. Hold on, hold on. And so um, she started using doodles and all of her um, launches and everything. And so she was like, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. And then she would be um, sending me messages through Twitter of like encouragement of staying on Periscope. She's like, we need you on Periscope. People need you on Periscope. You've got a great message. You've got a great thing. And so I fell in love with Periscope. <clears throat> but then I had this following and I said, I don't know who you are. Like, I'm kind of feeling weird here because it's one-sided. So then we started Doodle Girl and Friends, the Facebook group. I didn't have that as part of the Institute to begin with. So we started this Facebook group and all these people showed up and, and I said, what are we going to call it? And so on, on Periscope, I'm like, what are we going to call it? And we decided to call it Doodle Girl and Friends. And so then I think like three, 300 people started out like instantly on there. We kind of, we, we keep letting it grow and then we kind of dwindle it down because we want to keep people in there that are really in the classes. So it's a very special, very private community, but I love Periscope. I love the rapid fire of comments. I love the hearts. I love the, I'm a performance person. So I love, I love the instant feedback. How do you, how, how does it compare for you with uh, Facebook live? 
So Facebook Live, I can't, I can't stand the delay. You will see I'm not on Facebook Live that often. Facebook Live, I feel like I'm talking to crickets. I feel like I'm like, hello. And I know that eventually people will get on, and, but I've never, I've never been on long enough for Facebook Live to, to ignite because I, I always tell them, I'm sorry, I tried. I'm going back to Periscope. Like, <laughs> and, and I literally be on Facebook Live with my people and be like, come on. Let's go back to where, where I love to be. And so I, when I was struggling with the 21 Duel of Jenny's challenge of where to go live, I have a small team now. And I said, where should I go live? Where should I go live? And my team was so great. They said, Diane, you got to go where you feel your best because you're going to shine the brightest. And so I said, okay, I'm going to Periscope. We're not going to have a huge following. Like, cause everyone says Facebook lives where you get like the epic following. So I said, that's Okay. Like if, if it doesn't get seen, but by like 80 people, then that's the 80 people that are supposed to see it. And then it got picked up and featured with 12,000 viewers. This I, know. I saw that. That was amazing. <laughs> but you can't ever recreate that formula. That's why whenever it happened, I'm like, all right, we're going to roll with it. Here we go. Welcome in the room. Hi, everybody. And what's great is there was only one troll on that that evening. And that's the problem with Periscope is that there's still trolls that, that hop on. And, but my team knows to call them out and to call them out for me and say, Diane, there's a troll, get the troll off. So, um, that's the one downside of Periscope. Otherwise I am a huge fan of Periscope. That's cool. It seems like it works really well for you. Awesome. This has been so incredibly fun to have a little, uh, doodle tete-a-tete doodle summit with you. It's been such delight. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. It's been my pleasure. I've really enjoyed the interview and the conversation. And I always love um, finding new people like you to like become BFF. So just get used to like connecting. I know. I'm excited to to connect more in the Doodle Girl and Friends Facebook group and inside the Doodle Institute. So we will be talking more. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was my conversation with Diane Black. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And now it's time for something cool. This is a time sensitive something cool. This episode is being released early in the morning on Wednesday, May 16th. And as you know, I am a passion pluralite, also known as a multi-passionate or renaissance soul or a scanner or a multi-potentialite. In other words, I have a ton of different passions and interests. And if that is you too, then this week's Something Cool is for you. This week's Something Cool is multi-passionate must-haves, which is a bundle of 17 handpicked books, courses, and resources, including my very own Erase the Chaos toolkit, all of which have been selected to help you build a life and a career, if you want, around your many passions. You don't have to pick just one thing, because <laughs> there's a lot of us like this. And this year, uh, multi-passionate must-haves, which has been around for a number of years now, and I've participated a few years um, of its existence. This year, the products in the bundle address three broad topics, work, creativity, 
and fear, which tend to be areas of challenge for multi-passionates. And my product in the bundle, the Erase the Chaos Toolkit, is all about helping you really hone in on your specific causes of your time crunch chaos and clear it out. But my product is only one of 17. So there are 16 other (laughs) courses and books and resources in there. Now let's get realistic here. You're probably not going to use all of them. But there are probably a good handful in there that will speak to you. And you can find them. There's a link in the show notes. And I've also created a short link for you, which is bit.ly slash capital M P M H. Those are all capital 2018 multi passionate must haves 2018. So it's bit.ly slash M P M H 2018. And that will take you right to the page, which tells you all about all the different items in the bundle. Now here's the catch. It's only available for 72 hours. And then the bundle goes away. And some of the items in the bundle are exclusive, and they're only available in the bundle. And then they're not going to be available anymore. Uh, They all add up to more than $1,500 worth of value if you were to buy them all a cart from the various different people who contributed them. And the bundle itself is a hundred bucks. It's actually a few dollars less than a hundred bucks, but basically it's a hundred bucks. So it's a steal. And then $10 is actually being donated to a charity as well. So it's kind of a neat thing. So that's this week's something cool. And again, the only catch is it's only available through midnight Pacific time on Thursday. So if you want it, grab it now. And if you're listening later, and it's past the time when the bundle is available, I'm sorry. But anyway, that's this week's something cool. And that's it. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Diane Bleck. Let me know if you resonated. And thank you so much for joining me today. As always, if you are getting value out of this podcast, share it with a friend. And hop on over to iTunes, the Apple podcast player, whatever they're calling it nowadays, and leave a rating and review. Not for my ego, although I would love it. <laughs> I would. I always love getting good reviews. But really, the reason to leave a rating and review is so that other people will find the show, because that is the main way that other people find a show is by searching through the Apple Podcast Player And shows that have more reviews are the ones that pop up when people are searching. So if you leave a review and a five-star rating and leaving those words, you know, typing in a few words, that makes so much difference. So really, you can actually make a difference and (laughs) actually like it's a way that you can change the world simply by leaving a review. If you don't know how to do that, don't worry, I got you covered. Just go over to creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes dash review. Easy breezy step by step instructions. It's really not that hard. A sentence or two sentences is all you need uh, to leave a review. 
creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes dash review. And by the way, what leaving that review and then shooting me an email to let me know that you left a review and let me know how the podcast has made a difference in your own life. That's also how you can apply to be considered for the listener spotlight. That's how you can get to be on the show. So leave a review, send me an email, and you might get to have a conversation with me, super relaxed, really chill, and you'd be featured on the podcast. Get some, you know, get some promo. It's, and we'd have fun. Super cool. So that really is it. That's all I got for today. Uh, Until next time, thanks again for joining me and go get creating. Subscribe at creative sandboxway.com slash podcast.